Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hello to everyone at Philly Tab. We're joining together now as we share the Word of the Lord together. And uh, the theme of this year is a revelation of the resurrection. And we all have had, if you're a Christian here, you've had a revelation of the resurrection. The way we become a Christian is we actually have this moment where we understand not just mentally or emotionally, but spiritually, we understand that Jesus, as our brother was expounding today during worship, everyone at Philly Tab, one of our brothers talked about how Jesus emptied himself. And he came, he took on the form of a man, he became a servant, he walked this life, and then ultimately he would go to the cross to offer his life for our sins. Anybody here thankful that Jesus offered himself in our place? So he was crucified, he was punished, he paid the price for our sin. But the Bible says on the third day, he rose again in power and his freedom made the way for our freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And when you give your life to Christ, you have this revelation that he actually rose from the dead. He conquered sin and death. And now you can receive him and you too are born again and you too receive eternal life and that's what the gospel is all about we're going to spend the next couple of weeks inviting people praying for people by the way if you want to come on on friday here in chicago come for an hour if you don't have till midnight you know you might find that when you come for an hour you end up staying for two hours because the presence of god is so thick and the grace of god is so powerful in the moment let's pray and believe for other people to experience a revelation of the resurrection. Amen? But see, you start your walk with God with a spiritual revelation. And then as Christians, and this is what we're going to focus on today. The next couple of weeks, we'll focus on sharing the gospel. But today, I want to focus on the fact that you begin your walk with God with a revelation of the resurrection, and then you actually maintain your walk with God by over and over again experiencing revelation. In other words, the, 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 the child of God should have this never-ending expectation of revelation. When the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight, it is never saying that we don't walk by spiritual sight. When it says we walk by faith, not by sight, it means that even, in, even though in the natural we see physical things and they're not good, but even though we can't see great things going on in our lives, 
on the inside, we see who he is and we know what he has promised and it keeps us in faith, it keeps us in hope, it keeps us in joy. We stand strong even though things are going crazy around us because we have revelation. And so it's God's will for us to have this consistent experience of the revelation of God. Every child of God should be expecting, I was telling the staff today, you should be expecting once or twice a week to get the word of the Lord. You know, when you were reading this week, did something happen that gave you joy and peace and strength and a, and a happiness that has nothing to do with this world? That happens when you're reading your Bible and you get a revelation. You can't really walk with Jesus until you get that real revelation. And then you can't keep walking with God. Here's what happens. And I'm gonna read a text to you that speaks to this. But here's what happens for a lot of Christians. And I'm telling you right now, it can happen to people in ministry. It can happen to someone just like me, a pastor. And it has been going on for the ages, but it's us, up to us, to seek God with intensity. So some people, they start. Do you remember when you first met Jesus? Do you remember there's like a, a joy to it, an electricity, an excitement to it? There's something about, oh my goodness, I can't believe I know Jesus now. I've, I've had an encounter with God. Right? And, and, and we start with God, and, and it's strong enough for us to turn our back on the world, to turn our back on sin, to turn our back sometimes to break agreement with uh, uh, ungodly relationships and, and choices and deeds, and we just, we just want a new life in Christ. How does that happen? It happens through revelation. But sometimes Christians start with revelation and then they gravitate towards information. There are Christians who instead of seeking God the way they used to, something happens in their walk with God and it starts getting stale and you might read the Bible. You can read the Bible and get information but not revelation. Are you getting revelation is the question. Okay, because some people are accumulating information, but information just won't do. Brothers and sisters, we need revelation. And if your walk with God is stale, I'm not talking about going through a hard, sometime, look, if you're in a desert season as a Christian, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here, and you're in a desert season, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Okay, sometimes God will withdraw from you. Not because he doesn't love you, but what he's doing is he's trying to strengthen your seeking muscles. And what he does is he pulls away just like a tree. A tree's roots go down and get the water. But when there's no more water, guess what the roots do? They keep on growing. And so sometimes God will withdraw from your life so that your roots would go deeper and deeper and say, Lord, I don't feel you, but I believe you. 
Lord, things are, are getting tough, Lord. But Lord, I want to, I want to, Abraham believed against all hope, oh God. Like I read yesterday, even if the mountains fall into the sea, I will not be afraid because God is our refuge and strength. And, and so sometimes the mountains are falling into the sea, but you're getting the word of God and you're saying, God, anchor me in you. Take me deeper in you, Lord, because Jesus is alive and well. How many know he is alive and well? Hallelujah. And so sometimes he might be distant, but there's a part of God that he's saying, seek me a little more. And when you seek him, he said, if you seek me, you will, everyone. If you seek him, you'll find him. And when you find him, that's what you call revelation. You see? And when you get real revelation, that is what keeps your walk with God on fire. So look, Jesus said he doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. Don't be mediocre in your love for me, in your walk with me. How many know God wants us to be on fire for Jesus? Anybody here want to be on fire for Jesus? I'm telling you right now, you can't stir it up. But when you get revelation, it wells up. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to, in, in other words, the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on the revelation of the resurrection. But today I'm speaking primarily to Christians. Today I'm speaking to how you are maintaining your walk with God. You know, is your walk with God vibrant, alive? If it is, it's because of revelation. If it isn't, it's because of revelation. It's incredible to me how you could be having an absolutely crummy day, crummy week, and then you read something in the word, and none of those things change, but somehow in your heart, I'm good. Anybody have one of those moments where God spoke to you like, I'm good? revelation that's the way this life and this is why christianity is so wonderful and so powerful it's because god makes it so that no matter what's happening around you if you're close to him you will be strong and good he says there's a peace that i offer to you that does not come from this world it's a peace that comes when we get revelation so Matthew chapter 16 is one of those very amazing examples of the importance of revelation. And Jesus asked a question here that, that this was one of those questions that keeps going all throughout. It keeps traveling every year, every day that unfolds. Jesus, in part, is asking this question. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do people say the Son of Man is in Philadelphia? Who do, say, who do they say in, in, a, in a high school or an elementary school in Philadelphia? Who do people say Jesus is in the city of Chicago, in the court system, in the legal system? At your job, who do people say that Jesus is? 
So they replied at that time, people are saying different things, right? But there's only one answer. They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. People were relegating Jesus to just a prophet. In fact, there are other religions that say, I believe in Jesus. Jesus is a prophet. But how many know Jesus is more than a prophet? Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one and only great I am. He is God Almighty. He is the one and only true living God. It's not enough to acknowledge him as a prophet. But that's what they were saying. And then here's the question, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Which is a phenomenal question today. Who do you say Jesus is? Online, who do you say he is? In Philadelphia, who do you say he is? And I'm telling you right now, brothers and sisters, your position on who Jesus is, your revelation of who he is, is everything. It's the game changer. It, it, it absolutely transforms everything when we know who he is. Now watch this. It says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now we hear that Jesus is the son of the living God. We hear that Jesus is the Messiah. But to say this back then was huge. To say that the Son of God, the Messiah, has finally come was huge. It's just as huge now. But back then, they said the Messiah has not yet come. But how many know Jesus had finally come? How many know Jesus has actually come? And he did die and he did rise from the dead. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father forever and ever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Jesus replied, and now here's, that was all the setup. Watch this. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Let me just say this, okay? What is revelation? Revelation is something that is revealed by our heavenly Father. Revelation is not about our flesh and blood. What I'm talking about is not about your mind. It's not about your degrees. It's not about your, your, your education or lack of education. It's not about any of those things. We're talking about the spirit of the living God communicating to your spirit. Anybody here believe that Jesus wants to say something deep into our spirits? He's the living God. He's not far away. He's the living God. He's here. He's right now. And he wants to speak to his children. Everybody say, speak to me, Lord. That's exactly what he wants to do. So watch this. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, which actually means little stone or pebble and on this rock so Peter was Petrus and now rock is, is Pet, uh, another Petra but not exactly the same I can't remember right this second and on this rock Petra I will build my church and the gates of hell will not 
overcome it. And then watch this. Because of the revelation, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Brothers and sisters, we need revelation. And the title of today's message is a revelation of who he is. And what I want to do right now is I want to pray that we, in, a, in agreement, that all of us would get to the place here in Chicago, there in Philadelphia, that all of us would get to the place where we are expecting revelation and seeking revelation. That's the way you grow in God. Okay, so what is information? Look, as much as this moment is important to you, so this is part of the growth process. So I sought the Lord and I got some verses and God quickened them and God gave me some understanding. So I'm about to give you, uh, I'm gonna unpack what God showed me. And by unpacking what God showed me, I'm now feeding you the word of God. And that's good, but it's not supposed to stop there. The purpose of this moment is so that you will go home and open your Bible and say the same way you spoke to Pastor Toledo, Lord, I want you to speak to me today, oh God, because I don't need a man in between. Jesus is alive and well. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead and guide you. He wants to share with you. It is so wonderful and so powerful. He wants to give us revelation. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up everyone watching online. I lift up everyone in Philadelphia right now. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that your spirit, Lord, would go there, administer to every heart, God, I pray for us here. And Lord, we thank you that your spirit is there. Your spirit is here. And I pray for true revelation of who you are. I pray, Father, that you would elevate our hunger, our expectation. Lord, change our walk with you by seeking revelation day by day. Bless this word and quicken our lives, set us on fire. Do it by your Holy Spirit, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Very quickly, what is revelation? Revelation in the, most broad, in the broadest sense is a divine or supernatural disclosure. It is a divine or supernatural disclosure. Now, here's what's, what's so wonderful is God reveals according to what our need is. So God will, will give you exactly what you need. There's an, there's a, an instance in, in, the, uh, in Corinthians where you see the apostle Paul who went through so many different things God speaks to him and says, uh, don't fear. Don't fear. I've got lots of people here. Keep on preaching the word of God. Why? Because that's, not, that's, that's what the apostle Paul needed. But look, it is a, a divine or supernatural disclosure. And sometimes, everybody say sometimes. 
So sometimes it is a word of comfort and assurance. Like maybe what you need from God is, is a word that says, uh, 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 just take it easy, be at rest, oh my soul. I'm with you. Don't worry, I'm not gonna let you down. And, and even though things are swirling in your life and the deadline is coming and your back is up against the wall, the spirit of the living God will speak a word of comfort and assurance. So sometimes it's a word of, of comfort. Sometimes it's a word of purpose. Like some people here, you need to hear some purpose from God. You need to say, look, you're not here to do your thing. You're here to do my thing. And you need to get ready and surrender to my call upon your life. And when we get that word of purpose, everything changes. You see, sometimes it's a word of what's valuable. Sometimes God has to speak and say, you're, you're really going after that? You're acting like a fish. Fish are under the water and there's this shiny little thing and they go after it and they grab it and it's a bait and they get trapped. That's not really valuable. Let me tell you what's really valuable. Sometimes it's what the truth is. Sometimes there's a confirmation. Revelation is a variety of things that the Holy Spirit decides this is what you need. But you can trust that as you keep seeking God day by day, morning by morning, evening by evening, God will give you some kind of, everyone, revelation. That's the way our walk should be. That's the way our children should expect to live out their walk with God, you know? And so, so by the way, very quickly, when, when our kids were little, I used to give them the Bible in the morning. Part of the way I would wake up my kids is I would wake them up by putting their Bible right on their bed. And I would say, you know, always read the Bible first. And um, it's funny how they describe it. They say I used to throw the lights on and slam the Bible on their bed and all that. I'm like... But not so, but anyways. And then when they would come up, I used to always ask them, what did you read? Okay. So don't say what was it about? Because you know what they'll say, right? They'll say, Jesus. It's all about Jesus, guys. Okay. What did you read? And then I would say, what did God speak to you? Did God say something to you today? You know, if you have children, you should be asking them that constantly. What did God say to you? I've mentioned this. I'll never forget. Tommy's like seven years old. And Danny, who's like six foot five, walks in. And Tommy's seven. He goes, did you read your Bible today? <laughs> Danny's like, Yeah. He goes, what did you get out of it? <laughs> we should expect revelation. Okay? Now, what I want to do in the next few moments is talk about why revelation is so important. Because this passage of Scripture is really saying so much to us. And I want to suggest that this moment was big in Peter's life. 
Peter was a unique character in scripture. He's, he's one of the disciples that God decided to reveal his humanity almost like at a level that, that he didn't with the others. More of Peter's humanity is revealed. I think a lot of people love Peter because he puts his foot in his mouth so much. He made so many mistakes. And yet God continued to use him for his glory. Anybody here thankful for the mercy of God and the patience of God? Hallelujah. So how do you keep on going? How do you, how do you keep growing in God even though you're a human being? It's through everyone, revelation. So these points, they come, you know, directly from the Bible, and here's what happens. Here's how we're affected when we get revelation. First of all, revelation anchors identity. Revelation anchors our identity. The more you and I see who he is, the more secure we become in who we are. So he says, Peter, who do you say I am? He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And watch what he says. If it's in the Bible, it's for us. What he says is flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but it was my heavenly father. And then he says, listen, you are Peter. Now he already called him Simon, son of Jonah. That's who he is as a human. But now he says, but you are Peter, which means little pebble. And then he says, but on this rock, on this mountain, on myself, I will build my church. And Peter, you have a plan. You have a call. You are called to be used by me and to bring me glory. He's getting a revelation of who he really is. And you might see yourself as a little pebble, but it doesn't matter that you're a little pebble. I'm speaking and I'm telling you you who you are and who I've called you to be somebody here you need a fresh word from God telling you who you really are in him and I'm going to tell you you have been called to be used by God anybody here want to bring glory in Philadelphia in Chicago well you need a revelation because anytime God reveals more of who he is it anchors it anchors us in terms of it makes us more of who we are that's what happens. It's powerful. Listen to what Scott Wilson said. I thought that this was great. He just spoke here. Scott Wilson said, you can't be anything you want to be. That's one of the differences of when you become a Christian. You can't be anything you want to be. You shouldn't even try to be anything you want to be. You should focus your full attention on becoming everything God wants you to be. That's when everything aligns. That's when the fullness of, of your purpose and plan and who you've called to be and all of your giftings, all of it, it just all comes together perfectly so that God could really use you and you'll be anchored and rooted and satisfied Amen. and fulfilled like never before. So look, this particular issue of identity is huge. There's a, a leading psychologist in the 1950s. He developed the stages of, listen to this, psychosocial development. 
okay? And this, this thing that we're speaking of identity is real and true and highly, highly um, impacting to every person, no matter how old you are. And what I want to do is I want to put up the stages of development as he outlined them. Listen to this. This is very, very powerful. So he said that this is the way a person develops when they develop well or when they fail to develop. Watch this. So at infancy, we learn trust versus mistrust. Early childhood, autonomy versus shame and doubt. Preschool, initiative versus guilt. School age, industry versus inferiority. Adolescence, identity versus role confusion. Identity versus role confusion. Then young man, intimacy versus isolation. Middle adulthood, generativity, I couldn't say that, that word right there, (laughs) versus stagnation. And by the way, that word means that you're able to be a giver in life, not just a taker. You have enough to give. And then lastly, maturity. Ego integrity means that you're, you're settled in who you are and in your identity versus despair. Now, here's what he says. What he says is that when a person fails to develop a healthy identity, after that, their life, they struggle in life. They struggle with intimacy, meaning they can't connect with people. Okay, then after that, they struggle with generativity, which means being a giver. Some people are not selfish because they're mean. They're selfish because they can't do anything else. You see? And then after that, uh, uh, even in the older years, they're not whole in themselves. So identity is crucial, and identity impacts so much in our culture. Let me, let me tell you how, uh, uh, how he goes on to summarize this. If we could put up the next slide. Look, those who remain unsure of their beliefs and desires will feel insecure and confused about themselves and the future. If we don't have a strong sense of identity, we're going to be struggling. Uh, We'll feel insecure, confused about everything. And let me tell you something. For the person who is actually on that chart, on the wrong side of it, for the person who struggles with, uh, 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 you have a confusion about about your own identity, for the person who, who is struggling so much with who you are and being able, there's something about you that you just can't be a giver you don't feel whole inside what's powerful about Jesus is Jesus is the one and only who could speak a word of revelation into your life and he could reverse all of that no matter how old you are there's a word of healing there's a word of revelation that will transform everything about us we will not find it we will not find it on this earth Simon, you're the son of so-and-so, but it doesn't matter who your father was. What really matters is who our heavenly father is. Listen to, to another quote by someone who spoke about modern times. This is really powerful. He says, modern man is afflicted with a permanent identity crisis, a condition conducive to considerable nervousness. Why are people so stressed out? 
You know why part of the reason why we're so stressed out is because we're not anchored in who our Heavenly Father is. We're not anchored in the fact that he will take care of us and watch over us and he's going to take us all the way into eternity. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Anybody got that in their spirit in Philadelphia? You've got to get a revelation of who your Heavenly Father is. And look, this is real. This is real. So look, let's take a, a hot potato. And look, don't tense up when I say this, right? But let's, let's, let's talk about the whole kind of issue of homosexuality for a minute. So to say anything negative about homosexuality, it's like to set off a stick of dynamite. So let me just say this, okay? So if somebody wants to be a homosexual, this is a free country. You can do whatever you want to do, you know? However, the Bible says that sex is sacred. And that homosexuality, just like adultery, just like engaging, indulging in pornography and all of these other things, it's all sin. Now, battling with homosexuality doesn't make you sinful, because we all battle with something. There's no difference between gluttony, which is eating too much. Okay, we don't bring that one up very much, especially in America. Wow. Right? Eating too much, greed, gossip, jealousy. You know, all, it's all sin. All of those things took Jesus to the cross. Aren't you thankful that Jesus died for all sin? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So anytime you hear any form of Christianity that is like angry towards someone who's engaged in homosexuality, I'm telling you, that's not the heart of God. Because if God doesn't love him, then he doesn't love us. If God doesn't love them, he doesn't love us. How many are thankful that God loves every single person on this planet? Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter is it's sin. And for us as Christians, that doesn't mean we should stop loving people. That doesn't mean don't ever have lunch with someone or, or, or care for them or help them or whatever. We walk with the love of God. Somebody please say amen to that. Hallelujah. But look, we believe in the authority of the scriptures. It's not Al Toledo's rule. It's what God said. God said that, ma that marriage is male, is between a man and a woman. Male and female does actually exist. All you have to do is check the moment that the baby is born, and you will know. All of this craziness that they're saying about all of these different things, that no, when they're born, you will know. You understand? Now, I say this with like, I, I can't even tell you, I just want you to know, I was called to the ministry by ministering to drag queens. And, and at the time in our culture, they were so rejected, so rejected, they were homeless. And, and it was almost like shameful or embarrassing to be seen with them. And it's into that mix that God called me. And, and I learned the greatest lesson about the love of God one night when I was with a, a group of, of uh, um 
of transvestites who were also prostitutes and were also like drug addicts. They were hooked on drugs. And we were there one night and, and we were feeding them. And I'm telling you, the presence of God, the love of God, you want to know where God's love is? God's love is wherever people are hurting and suffering because of sin. It changed my life. I learned more about the love of God in that moment on the street with drag queens. And then it never bothered me being with them or being seen with them or anything. And if anybody's got those kind of issues, you need a refresher of your identity and call of God. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's true. It's true because all sin is just sin. But look, let me give you one story. So both, both of these stories have, have been in this building. Okay, so I know someone who when they were a kid, they went through some pretty, the, their father wasn't around. They, they uh, 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 went through some real hardship. They ended up being abused by other males in their family. They could send me a keyboard player. They were um, abused by some people in their family. They were abused. And then by the time they became a teenager, they were living in what they call the life. Hardcore, crazy intense, but they were miserable. And so, so they, they went to some kind of meeting where, or somebody shared the gospel with them and the guy becomes a Christian, okay? Now he's close to my age now, but he becomes a Christian. And what does it take to become a Christian? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. How many know we don't change ourselves? Jesus changes us from the inside out. His power overcoming the power of sin and death inside of us. True story. This is, this is a true story. You know, it's, in crazy, it's crazy because some testimonies we don't share because we respect people's journey. And that's why I'm being kind of more vague about it. But uh, real quickly. So... Gets saved, right, and starts going to church, starts reading his Bible, starts really seeking God, and then he meets identity, right? So he has a new identity. You're my son. Even though your father never loved you, I love you. And you've been made in my image. The reason why this issue is so important is because any distortion of the image of God is not right. And man was made in the image of God. Woman was made in the image of God. So he says, you've been made in my image. And he starts to grow in his walk with God. And then I think as he was serving, he meets a, a, a woman who was serving in one of the ministries. That's why I serve in church. You'll find your spouse there. But anyway, keep going. So he becomes friends. And I asked him once, I asked him straight up, hey, how did something switch inside of you? He said, well, when I got strong in God, he got his identity. He said, all of a sudden, I was able to get close to this woman, which I was never able to do before. Okay? And then when I got close to her, all of a sudden, I started to fall for her. And one day, I woke up and I had all of these feelings in my adult life that I never had before in my childhood. 
And as long as I got closer to God, things started to change inside of me. And he's married today. He's got like four kids. And he is an absolute man of God. How many know one word of revelation is the beginning of a revolution in you, in me, in Philadelphia online. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Something as deep as that, but then there are other things that are deep. Let me give you just another quick story, and then I've got one more point, and we'll close. Here's another quick story. So there's a brother in our church some of you might know this story. I'm not using names today. But there's a brother here who um, did time. He's a, a, a convicted felon, and he did time. And he um, applied for a job with a great company, and he got the job. Uh, but he didn't tell them that he was an ex-con. He was embarrassed. And so I don't know how long it took, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. But after getting the job and being so happy about it, uh, they fired him. And they fired him because he didn't disclose that he was an ex-con. So then he becomes a Christian. And lo and behold, another opportunity for a job comes. And now he feels the same tension. Are they going to accept me? Are they going to reject me? I'm embarrassed and all that. And, and the Lord speaks to him. And he says... You know your story is not your story anymore, right? Your story is my story. And if you don't tell them the truth, how am I going to get glory from this story? So he goes in. First thing he puts right on the table. Hey, I'm an ex-con. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've been changed. I'm a man of God. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. He went through it. He got the job. And at that company, he'd just gone up, 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 up. Blessed, blessed, blessed. And everybody knows this is a man of God. Could we put our hands together and praise him? Hallelujah. So look, if you happen to be one of those people who has struggles, deep pain, hardship, and all you can see is other people. I'm telling you, I want to suggest to you, say, God, give me a revelation that brings healing to my heart and that anchors my soul. He will do it. And maybe you're here and you've been drifting from God. How do you get reset in God? Guess what you get? You get a revelation. One word from God will set you right. One promise. And it's, it's different for all of us, but God wants to anchor his people. He wants to strengthen us for these days. Now, that's the first thing, and we'll, we're, we're coming to a close here. But, but here's the second thing that happens when we get revelation. Revelation releases his authority. Revelation releases the authority of God. See, what happens is, he says, you are Peter. Petra. I got it. I had it in my notes. You're Peter, Petra. And then Petros, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And then here's what he says. And I will give you the keys. I'm about to give you some authority now, Peter. 
okay? And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, when you get a revelation of who he is, you start to receive keys of authority. And then your walk is different. And when you walk into the room, you come into that room with authority that says you can bind and loose and you can face things with the authority of the kingdom of the living God. Anybody here needs some authority from heaven? Hallelujah. Anybody here wants to walk in the authority of God? What revelation does, it brings us under his authority. And when we come under his authority, it gives us the power to exercise that authority. So you ever, you ever get around a godly person who's full of the Holy Spirit? Probably one of the biggest standout things, by the way, when I first became a Christian, that was the thing. The thing that like, kind of blew me away was how God could use a regular person and you could tell that it's them, but it's not them. It's like Christ in them, the hope of glory. And they would say something. I remember one of my friends, actually, they, they made an announcement in church and the announcement was so anointed. Everybody say anointed. You know what anointed means? It means like the bite of God. The Spirit of God is on something that we say or do. And I remember thinking, wait a second, I know that person. And I remember asking some other person, hey, what was that? And they said, you know what that is? That's the anointing. How many want some anointing from God? Hallelujah. I want to I say this. Don't settle for less. Than the anointing. How do you get the anointing? You need revelation. God will give his anointing to people who seek him. If you seek him, you'll find him. If you seek him, you're going to walk away from, from that revelation with keys. You're going to be able to pray for your family or pray for your circumstances or pray for your friends and pray for your neighbors and it will be different because it will not be flesh and blood. It will be the power of your heavenly Father flowing through you. We need the power of our Father flowing through us. That is the anointing of God and that comes when we walk in His authority. But authority comes through revelation. It's powerful. Listen, I want to read two verses and then we're going to close. So how powerful is this? Right? Peter was a human being. Peter walked with Jesus. The night that Jesus was arrested, watch this. The woman asked Peter, you're not one of the man's disciples, are you? Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, right? Uh, uh, warming himself, and they asked him again, you're not one of the disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I am not. Yo, Peter, what's up? What are you doing? Anybody here ever get ashamed of God and deny the Lord? No, no don't raise your hand. Okay? We've all been there. Three years walking with the Lord. Let's him down. 
But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off. Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? But Peter denied it and immediately a rooster crowed. So Peter falls. Jesus, on the night Jesus is to be crucified, Peter falls. Okay, he denies the Lord. The Bible says he goes out and he weeps. But then Jesus rises from the dead and Jesus restores Peter. And then Jesus rises, uh, 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 ascends into heaven. And 50 days later, they're seeking God. They're seeking God. They're in the upper room. They're seeking God. I'm going to tell you something. Revelation comes when we seek him. So they're seeking God. They're seeking God. Imagine, imagine a room kind of like this and maybe like that group and like half of this group, people just seeking God. And they're seeking God and they're calling out to him day after day after day. Like we're going to seek God on Tuesday. Like we're going to seek God on, on Friday night. What happens when people seek God? They're seeking God. So the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes down in power. And they're all baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when they're baptized in the, in the Holy Spirit, they're actually speaking in tongues. They're speaking in different languages. People are coming around. Some people are saying these guys are crazy, all of the above. And then look at what the Bible says in the book of Acts. I mean, this is amazing. If, if somebody denied you on the greatest, most important night of your life, if somebody denied you, who would you pick to, pre to preach the first message of the New Testament? Jesus picked Peter, right? So look what the Bible says here. It says, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. How many know that I, I, I firmly believe that the accumulation of those words and moments of revelation, and I believe even in this moment when all of it was happening and people were asking, Peter was saying, this is it. This is the fulfillment of Hosea. This is what Jesus was talking about, building his church. And you know what? I'm ready to stand up and speak for God. And he got up and he declared the word of the Lord. This week, in the weeks to come, guess what? We got to be ready to speak for God. And God will put his authority in our mouth. And people are going to turn their lives to Christ. How many want to see many, many souls in Philadelphia, in Chicago, give their lives to Jesus? Hallelujah. God wants to use us for his glory. It takes revelation. It takes revelation.